Hey, peacekeepers. Welcome to our very first episode of Freaky Fridays, where every Friday I will be serving you a kick-ass plate of, well, you guessed it, freaky events such as true crime, horror, paranormal, and all sorts of crazy things, such as unsolved mysteries and even some horror movie reviews. Today's episode, in case you couldn't tell by the title, is going to be about Theodore Robert Bundy and all the horrific things that this bastard, no pun intended, managed to get away with. I think this case will be in multiple parts. I'm not sure if it'll be two or three, but I just want to make sure that I get everything, that I am thorough, and I pay the proper respects to the victims because they deserve it. A few disclaimers before we begin is going to be Um, If you guys hear any background noise, no, we are not going to war. It's just my partner playing Call of Duty in the background, and you guys know how crazy and rowdy boys can get when they are playing their video games. Secondly, I want to make it known that no, I am not making this series of of this podcast um, to, quote, idolize serial killers, but simply to get the story out, get the victim story out, and make you guys aware you know you can never be too aware of what is happening there is a lot of people in the world and you never know even just putting your fingers in the key rings of your keys could save your life if you have to knock somebody out one day I go to the I go to a gym that is on a college campus and I am literally always so afraid I sprint to my car and I lock all the doors and I look all around and the other day there was a Volkswagen parked right right beside me and (laughs) I almost shit my pants. So just so that you guys are aware, no, we're not idolizing serial killers over here. We're not making excuses for them. Nothing. And I don't care if you think Ted Bundy was attractive. I think he looks like the seal from Finding Dory, the one with the unibrow. You guys know who I'm talking about, right? I bet you do because it was a big all meme that was going around and um, we're we're all suckers for memes. Lastly, I just want to state that if you are looking for a professional, really put together podcast with a host who doesn't mess up and who doesn't stutter and doesn't have a weird lisp because of her wisdom teeth, then you are at the wrong place. And I am not afraid to defer anyone. I <laughs> And I say that with full confidence. If you guys are expecting this thing to be perfect to be um the best podcast you've ever heard then that's probably wrong because I'm just a lame girl who just is just trying to live her life out here but give you guys good content because you guys deserve it but I promise it's not going to be perfect but I promise I can try my best and that's the least I can do or the most I can do I should say (laughs) so without further ado let's begin Eleanor Louise Cal was the daughter of two very religious parents. She found herself pregnant at the age of 22, and this was considered a huge no-no at the time, which kind of left me a little weirded out because I was thinking, she's 22, what's the problem? But I also had to take a step back and think she was the daughter of two very religious family members, and she was also not married and she only referred to the father of the child sometimes like to some people as quote a sailor of course back in those days abortion was illegal and even if she wanted to get one they were probably in some sketchy backdoor alley with unsterile utensils and it was probably a danger to her health so at seven months pregnant her father sent her to live at elizabeth lund home for unwed mothers in burlington vermont A few months later, on Sunday, November 24, 1946, Eleanor gave birth to her first child, Theodore Robert Cowell. 
Of course, Eleanor's parents were not fond with the idea that she gave birth to the child, but regardless, they wanted her to move back to Philadelphia and join them with the child. It was decided that Eleanor's parents would raise Theodore to believe that he was their child and Eleanor would be his sister. Eleanor had debated giving Theodore up for adoption, but her parents refused to let her. It has been suspected that Eleanor's father, Samuel Cowell, was the one who impregnated her, but to this day, it is unknown who Ted's biological father really was. And before I continue, I do want to know your guys' opinion on whether or not you think if things would have turned out differently, if he would have been adopted by by somebody if she would have really given him up for adoption because that is a big conspiracy that I always think about for some reason it's always in the back of my mind so I would love to know your guys' opinion on that. Samuel Cowell was known as a rage-filled bully. He was known to have many violent tendencies and many have said that Samuel would often swing cats by their tails. He would also beat his wife and the family dog as well as having an addiction to porn. Samuel had also thrown Eleanor's younger sister, Julia, down a flight of stairs for oversleeping. Despite all of these violent rages rages and violent tendencies in some interviews, Ted claims to look up to his grandfather. He claimed to respect him and saw him as a role model. And after researching this case really thoroughly, I think a piece of me believes that Samuel Cowell was Ted's father. It makes pretty good sense to me as to why they wouldn't let her give him up for adoption and why they made her move back in with them even though for the entire pregnancy they made her go to a home um most of the tendencies that his grandfather had ted grew up grew up having the violent rages the animal mutilations it just kind of fits to me i would also like to know your guys's uh perspective on that so go ahead and give me your opinion As for Ted's grandmother, she suffered from severe depression and agoraphobia, which is an extreme or irrational fear of entering open or crowded places. This had caused caused her to not leave her house at all in the last few years of life. Her depression was so severe that she endured shock treatment therapy to try and treat the illness. Eleanor and Ted left Philadelphia a few years later after they were sent away to Tacoma, Washington to live with family because the family had become concerned with the way Samuel was treating her. Eleanor started going by Louise at this point and became involved with a man named Johnny Bundy. He was an army hospital cook, and this unfortunately was not good enough for Ted. Louise and John married in 1951. At five years old, Ted was finally adopted by John. This gave Ted his infamous name, of course, Ted Bundy. Eleanor and John had several children together, giving Ted four half-brothers and sisters. Ted was jealous of his mother's new relationship and had a rather tense relationship with his stepfather. At this time, Ted had become very materialistic and he hated that his stepfather could not afford all the things that he wanted. There are a few witnesses that claim Ted would provoke his stepfather, who would at times strike at him in frustration. Sandy Holt was a family friend of the Bundys, who remembers John and Eleanor as loving parents who tried their best to stay involved in their children's lives. They took them to church every Sunday and even enrolled them in Boy Scouts. Ted had developed strange tendencies in his early life such as violence and animal mutilations. Sandy remembers a time where Ted hung a cat from the clothesline, covered it in lighter fluid, and lit it on fire. Ted's aunt has shared a story that when Ted was just three years old, he put kitchen knives around her while she was sleeping, and when she woke up, 
Ted was at the end of the bed just laughing hysterically. And where does a three-year-old even get kitchen knives? Can you imagine that? I can barely even imagine a three-year-old talking in sentences, let alone surrounding me with kitchen knives while I am taking a nap. A fellow Boy Scout stated he remembered Bundy coming from behind him and hitting him on the head with a stick. It is said that he is often teased for having a speech impediment. A popular claim is that Ted could not keep up with his fellow Boy Scouts. Sandy Holt, who grew up with Bundy, claimed he liked to terrify people. She recalled him taking a liking to digging holes in the ground and putting stakes inside them. He would cover them with dirt, leaves, and sticks. One girl fell and split her leg open. Bundy liked to call these tiger traps. Aside from these violent acts, Ted was known to shoplift and enjoy fiction stories with gore, rape, and murder. There is speculation that Ted had... There is speculation that Ted had accessed his grandfather's porn when living in Philadelphia. Sandy Holt believes that Ted's grandfather was in fact his father. She also believes Bundy's speech impediment came from his grandfather beating him. Ted had also told Sandy's brother that his grandfather enjoyed beating him, putting him down, and constantly telling him that he should have never been born. And if you guys are wondering where I found that information in case you want to go and look at it for yourself is there is an app called i believe it's id go uh investigation discovery go yeah you can get it on you know the apple store or whatever i have an iphone i don't really know how androids work but um it is a small i shouldn't say small it's like an hour and 25 minutes it's a documentary about ted bundy i believe it's called mind of monster and they interview sandy hole and some of the surviving victims and it is honestly one of the best documentaries i've seen of ted bundy and i'm pretty sure i watched all of them i feel like they just really go into depth they talk with um the detectives of three different counties i believe it was florida and washington and i don't remember who the other one was but they have some parts of the tape of the confession tapes and it's it's a really good documentary i strongly suggest it in case you guys want to go and watch that ted claimed to be antisocial growing up he stated he could not participate in regular teenage activities because he was busy watching his younger siblings something i did not know before i started researching this case that was actually told to me by a friend who studied criminology in college and they went into depth on ted was that in 1966 ted attended the university of washington and majored in chinese and i believe they had said that he majored in chinese because he believed that china was going to be superior in a couple of years and he wanted to be ahead of the game and of course you know ted would be the one to think of that but it was honestly just something really interesting that I did not expect from him, so that was cool to know. While at the University of Washington, he became infatuated with a girl known as Stephanie Brooks. Though this is not her real name, I am not stating it for privacy reasons. Her real name is out there if you want to go find it, but out of respect for her, I'm not going to put it in the podcast. She came from a very wealthy family and was well put together. She was everything that Ted wanted. She had dark hair, which she wore straight and parted down the middle. It is said that Bundy's victims are all based off of Stephanie's looks. But I don't necessarily believe this, considering everybody kind of looked the same in that time period. And I'm also convinced that Bundy was just an opportunity killer and didn't really kill from looks was because of this statement. Quote, 
I used to see a good-looking girl and one minute I'd be thinking how nice it would be to go out with her and the next instant I was thinking how nice her head would look on a stick. Bundy was afraid to approach Stephanie at first, but he befriended her, made his move, and they became involved with one another. They dated for about a year and ended things in 1968 after Ted decided to leave college. Stephanie had stated she broke up with Ted because he lacked ambition. Ted was said to be devastated by the breakup and even claimed her to be his first true love. Ted's brother also claimed he'd never seen Ted so depressed. Shortly after the breakup, Ted met a woman who is known as Liz Kendall. Of course, this is an alias as well, but I am not going to state her name. It is out there on the internet and you can look for it if you want to find it. She also had a daughter who was familiar with Ted. He was now 24 years old when he became a student at the University of Seattle, where he studied psychology. He began working at a crisis center at the university. And can you imagine Bundy helping you through a crisis? To some people, he might be like, I don't want to say a hero, but probably in that sense, if he talked you out of suicide or he talked you through an overdose, to you, you see him as this person, but in reality, he was a serial murderer, and I don't think that I would be able to wrap my head around that. While Ted worked at the crisis center, he met Anne Rule, who wrote the book, The Stranger Beside Me, which is such a fucking good book in case you guys are wondering. It will leave you shook. And I'm pretty sure you guys just heard that weird noise that my throat just made. So please excuse that. She described Ted as one of her closest friends at her job. She stated he was very good at his job and often talked many people out of suicide and through overdoses. Ted confessed many things to Anne. They often talked about life situations they were going through, and surprisingly, Ted had told her about Stephanie, how infatuated he was with her, and how he'd do anything in his power to be near her. Although he was with Liz, he could still not get over Stephanie. They often wrote to one another, but Stephanie was never really interested in Ted. In 1972, Ted graduated with his psychology degree at the University of Washington. Around this time, Ted had worked for the Crime Prevention Advisory Board, where he fought to get hitchhiking in Washington legal. He also became aware of the least patrolled areas in the city. And this is where I kind of get lost in this big ol' rabbit hole of some people believe that he he had only started killing recently, but I think it was kind of with him the whole time. I think he knew because he went into psychology to study people, to study how they work, how the mind works, how to manipulate people, as well as working on this crime prevention advisory board. He literally fought to get hitchhiking legal, which, hello, that's a good way to get people to get in your vehicle, and as well as knowing where patrol cars would not pass. And that is the scariest thought to just sit there and think about was that he knew this all along that he formed his life around what he was going to become and that is also an opinion just stating that so that you guys don't come after me thinking I'm stating facts but that is my opinion and I would love to know what you guys believe. In 1973, Ted was accepted to the University of Utah Law School. Everyone said he had a promising future as a successful lawyer or even a politician. In the summer, Ted went to California for some business involving the Republican Party, where he re-met with Stephanie and they kind of rekindled their relationship. 
Ted had really impressed Stephanie. He no longer lacked direction and seemed to have it all together. While all of this is going down, Liz and her daughter are back home thinking, thinking Ted is this amazing guy out there supporting the Republican Party when in reality, he's in cahoots with this woman that she has no idea about. Stephanie found herself talking about marriage with Ted, and they both would often introduce one another as each other's fiancé. Then, out of the blue, Ted completely cut her off and just completely disappeared. He ghosted her. About a month later, with no answer from previous letters or phone calls, she was finally able to reach him by phone. Of course, she had a million questions, but when she asked him why he just up and left, all he had to say about the situation was, I don't know what you're talking about. They never spoke to each other again, and I believe, and Stephanie believes he had the whole thing planned as a revenge for breaking up with him in the past. Ted later stated he just wanted to prove to himself that he could have married her. Anne Rule claimed this to be his five-year revenge plan, which is literally the wildest thing. I honestly cannot believe that somebody would be that petty to plan their life for five years around the idea of getting you back just so that they could shut you down. That's five years of college tuition just to, just to prove a point. And that is the pettiest thing I've ever heard about. 100% Ted, Ted Bundy Petty. That is insane to me. <laughs> In 1974, he stopped caring about law school. Eventually, he just stopped going to classes and just resulted into never going back. And I think right here is where I'm going to stop this episode. That way, for part two, we can really get into uh, the victim's stories and make sure that I am thorough and I really get it right because they deserve that much. So I did say that this episode, the next, the part two would be uploaded next week. But if you want to be so inclined and so generous and so nice, you can donate to the Patreon and you will get part two immediately. Remember, if you want to stay in touch with me or just follow with the podcast, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Passions or Peace Podcast, as well as Instagram. And if you guys know somebody who has a passion or somebody who is super passionate about something or you're passionate about something and you would like to have them on the show or you would like to be on the show, send me an email and let's chat for an interview. I would love to get, have you guys on the show since it is just me. Um, I will try to bring people on the show so that I can have somebody to share a mic with because it gets lonely out here. Your girl's just out here doing this by herself. <laughs> I do want you guys to keep in mind that this case took me about a month to research simply because I have like three jobs and I donate plasma and I'm just trying to live my best life but also give you guys good content so please don't come at me for this being so short but I just want to make sure that the next episode is going to be good. If you guys are interested you can also subscribe to me or subscribe to the podcast as at passions or peace on youtube where i will be uploading videos on just randomness on what i do for work and uh for the interviews that i do with other people uh probably some art stuff it's gonna be real cool and if you guys want to join me on that as well then it is free to oh my god i can't even talk then feel free to message me send me a gmail send me a dm anything get a hold of me and we can make something up we can come up with something that's going to be real cool 
if you guys want to see my daily shenanigans, you can go ahead and follow me or, oh, did you hear that whistle my, my mouth just did? You can go ahead and add me as a friend on Snapchat. Cindy Marie 1116, that is C-I-N-D-Y-M-A-R-I-E 1116 on Snapchat. Remember to stay passionate, remember to take care of one another, as well as taking care of yourself, because you come first. Remember that. Love you guys, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week.